So now you've acquired your $25,000 loan. You're the happiest person. You can now start your business. But you mentioned in your book that it wasn't all smooth sailing from you know getting your, to your, your loan to actually starting up your business. What, what happened? What made it kind of teeter? Well, you know, the, obviously now I had the idea you know, of starting the mill mainly in doing lumber remanufacturing. Now I had to find supply. You know, now the forest industry is such that obviously there is no timber. Most of the timber in the province of British Columbia already then was committed to people that are licensees, that have timber licenses mm -hmm. and uh, of renewable access. Uh, you can't just get that. It's very difficult. So I had to find a niche uh, in, in using lumber as an input to our operation. And then now I have to develop a process that if you buy 2x4, 2x6, 2x8, 2x12, 8 to 20 foot long, and you want to cut out defects, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. You cross-cut it or you lengthwise or you, how does the process work? There, is, there was nobody else doing it. Yeah. And so I had to kind of invent it. Again, my experience helped me. Mm -hmm. you know, so I knew right from the start that at the end of the day, I would have too many short pieces. And I had to find the key was to be able to recover more of the volume. Okay. And, and so I knew that, hence the finger jointer. Initially, I started with just the remanning mm -hmm. and not doing the... Initially, when I started the operation in October, I bought the finger joint, I set it up and experimented a little bit with it. And, uh, you know, so... Uh, and then the following year, we had to then find a way of getting certification for the process. That was difficult. Why? You know, well, because uh, it has to then be recognized by Canadian Standards Association and the Canadian Lumber Standards, CLS. Okay. And, and so that was an extremely difficult process and mm -hmm. it took me quite some time to develop that. And, and we, we did that and we made it work and then slowly I created a market. The first three months of the operation were very difficult mm -hmm. and I already there I had my $25,000 I already had spent that and probably spent another 50 mm -hmm. so I was already down $75,000 and then I was to the and we work on River Road and and uh, you know and that's where the the cars go by and every time a car goes by there I kind of think that is the bank and they say, okay, John, the gig is over, give us the money and uh, you had, a, had your chance and you, you spoiled it and, you know, you, yeah, you know, so that's it. But he did. They stayed with me. So I started to kind of slowly turn things around mm -hmm. and then things got better and better and then the other part happens to the industry even today. The industry has a tendency of being cyclical, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and there were all kinds of challenges in between that happened. But uh, to get through the initial stage of to invest in the finger jointing and to make it successful, mm -hmm. although we were the first one in Canada that developed the standards for it and developed a successful finger joint manufacturing plant, it was us that did it in Prince George, British Columbia. 
and uh, where now we are one of the largest or the largest finger joint plant in uh, in Canada, if not in North America, and and we are still growing and expanding. You know. Perfect. So. During this time, you know, when you're, you know, you're, you're starting out your business, you're pouring your days into this, you know, pulling 14, 16 hour days, take, normal. Yeah. taking away a bit from, from your personal life. So no question. what was happening in your personal life at that time? Well, it's very difficult because, uh, you know, it, it becomes very, very demanding all the way around, mm -hmm. right? So, and uh, on the family and, uh, you know, and then especially on my wife, uh, you know, there is, there is no question about it, that being in business and building a business from the ground up can be very, very demanding. And uh, I had all the challenges and then with that, uh, you know, it became more difficult uh, you know, and then, uh, as I said earlier, in 1983, we separated and, uh, you know, so although we still had a good relationship and I still saw my kids, but they moved to uh, Vancouver mm -hmm. or to Surrey and uh, a White Rock and, uh, you know, and I would go there every two weeks and, uh, you know, and, and kind of stay in touch and I've always done that and, uh, uh, you know, and we still are very respectful of each other, uh, you know, and... Uh, and obviously the kids have grown up well, uh, you know, but it was one of the, uh, you know, that, you know, building up a business, uh, being an entrepreneur that can be very, very demanding on the whole family. And, and for a long time, I sometimes questioned myself if I would even get married. Uh, I didn't get married until I was 27. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I had seen it, my dad, uh, building a business from the ground up, although it was not for himself, it was for somebody else. Mm -hmm. How demanding it could be, and the the uh, the toll it took on their family, although they stayed together. But uh, but it, it was uh, very very hard on the family. Okay, okay. Now at the start of uh, chapter four in Against All Odds, your your takeaway is understand every aspect of your business. Now I felt like this was a bit of foreshadowing um, to what happens in the chapter. I guess the biggest thing that really catches your attention in this chapter when um, on a cold winter evening your mill's cyclone it stops working. One of your employees tells you about it, and you you know knowing the ins and the outs immediately know what's wrong, and you go in to fix it. What happened? Well, I'm a hands-on person, right? Mm -hmm. So the uh, so this, I believe it was on a Friday night, and uh, in in the winter time, I, I forget when it was November or December, and uh, you know, and, and obviously I'm still working in the office, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the mill breaks down, and and uh, uh, you know, I go out there, and uh, there's a supervisor on 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 site, and I, uh, you know, what's happening? And he said, cyclone is plugged. So I, I uh, uh, you know, the cyclone is the big cyclone on top and, uh, you know, it's about, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, so the likely is an obstruction and the cyclone is where shavings and sawdust go into the burner. Mm -hmm. At that time, we don't have burners now, but would go in there and it's blown in there by air and the cyclone separates the air from the solids. Mm -hmm. You know, the air goes out on the top and the solids go into the burner. And, uh, you know, so what likely was happening is there was a blockage. And uh, so we have a side door, you know, about that big uh, on the side of the cyclone and you open it, uh, you turn the air off and then you open that, you remove the obstacle and then 
things started up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what I was doing is just go climb up about 10 feet and then there is a, a, a little bit of a path. I opened the door and then removed the obstacle. But just as I was doing that, somebody turned on the blower and then all the flames came out and it exploded and uh, you know and I still hear everybody screaming he is on fire he's on fire oh and I was sitting on on top and uh, you know and and uh, you know so my clothes were on fire yeah. and then uh, you know part of my hair I had a hard hat on but still my uh, you know the uh, and and then I crawled back mm -hmm. To get back to the steps yeah, yeah. to go down and I could already feel that the skin was hanging down my hands oh. and you know so uh, uh, you know and then uh, as I made my way down I rolled in the uh, in the snow mm. you know to get the flames out and uh, you know and then uh, you know I uh, uh, you know so the the thing the somebody went upstairs and closed the well shut out the 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 air and then close the thing and then I said get it closed and then I stood in the door but far enough back they should really couldn't see me yeah. but they could already tell they oh. said get this fucking thing going and blah start it back up and blah 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 just to make sure things were going yeah but I didn't want anybody to see me too close because I, I knew it was bad uh -huh. not how bad and then uh, I walked back to the office and uh, you know and then there was still a lady working in the office mm -hmm. and as soon as I came in uh, you know, the uh, she could tell the, she started just screaming, you know, so and uh, you know, so then I know it was bad. The, the next thing that I thought about is uh, shock. I called the superintendent who was home uh, about 15 minutes away, maybe less than that, probably 10 minutes away uh, to give me a ride. I need to go to the hospital. And, uh, you know, so he said, OK, he'd be right there. I said, mm -hmm. I, I got burned. And, uh, you know, I think pretty bad. And uh, so then as I was going in and out, uh, you know, the uh, I, I thought I didn't want to wait. So I jumped in my truck, opened all the windows and then drove to the hospital. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You drove and, yourself. And, yeah. And then on the radio, they called me, stop the truck, stop the truck. <laughs> and I, I didn't answer them. You know, so, uh, you know, then I parked right in front and even then the the entrance was close to where I slept at one time. Mm -hmm. It was still there. It was on a Friday night. You see very busy in the emergency room on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh, God, now I have to wait. And anyway, so then I walked in there and all of a sudden I barely was in there. All of a sudden everybody was around me and they, they just kind of <laughs> gathered me up into the, uh, uh, to, to the uh, surgery and... Uh, you know, so I stayed there probably till about 11 or so. Oh, and gosh. then I didn't want to stay there. I want to go home. <laughs> so I went home mm -hmm. and, and it scared the hell out of my wife. Oh, my God. Kids. So I had bandaged all around me. And, uh, you know, so uh, in my hands. And, uh, and the picture that is in the book is about mm -hmm. two weeks old. But then we, we were still expanding. So the following morning was Saturday morning. I was back at work, you know, because we were... We were pouring cement and, you know. <laughs> Didn't uh, let the burn stop you. Oh, my gosh. Just go, go, well, go. You know, but I had to go then to the hospital every four hours oh, okay. because of the leaching, you know, that uh, burn. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that it becomes very, very 
the heat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's the name for it. I, I forgot, but it was just soaking wet all the time, so we had to change that. The the gauze or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Now, from your job in um, in the Netherlands to owning the signpost in the Yukon, which is like totally different than what you thought you were going to be doing. Um, it really exposed you to a lot of different things about, you know, running a business, owning a business, what exactly you had to do in order to make a successful business. So what's the importance that you would say of knowing, you know, uh, everything, the ins and the outs of your business? Yeah, in most cases, for most people that aspire to entrepreneurship, you can't know everything about everything. But what is important to have realized that if you want to build a business from the ground up, then that's not easy. It will be a challenge. And then try to get to know as much about the business as you can. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, understand the products and then understand the basic elements of business. Try to find people that have had experience that can kind of mentor you potentially. Most successful entrepreneurs would like to do that have no you know, a lot of people that are starting out in business would like to talk to somebody but they are afraid of that somebody that appears to be successful would tell them anything mm -hmm. that's usually not so you know that uh, you know the people that have been successful gladly share with other people you know that uh, uh, ideas about what could be done and uh, you know and then the other part is uh, initially uh, uh, you, you work long hours, you have to sleep fast, you know, <laughs> sleep a lot of fast. yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and so that sort of thing, you know, mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, along the way, uh, you know, you have to kind of acquire, uh, you know, dealing, how do you resolve issues, how do you resolve problems, because there will be problems, of course. And, and there will be issues, and then, uh, you know, but do not be afraid to uh, uh, talk to other people about things that, uh, you know, that you're in, in, encountering and, uh, you know, so, uh, but, uh, and get, you know, have your family on side, you know, that uh, not necessarily for all the things that may happen and how difficult it, but mm -hmm. at least to be a team, you know, so uh, that's always, uh, you know, been a benefit for me in a way, but when things get pretty wild, then, uh, you know, then I, I, I don't blame my, my first wife to say, no, that's not for me. You know, so. <laughs> You know, so obviously, but, uh, but uh, you know, all the things are important. Okay. But, but having the skills, having the underlying foundation, Veronica, mm -hmm. always, always, always for me is attitude, passion, work ethic. And the attitude, extremely important. You know, I, if, it, if it rains today, I will swear it's sunshine tomorrow. No matter what, I, the cup is always half full for me. And, and all those things. It is seldom that, uh, you know, that uh, I'm down and out. I'm usually, relatively speaking, I, I, I run a business, I can be hard-nosed and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, but I'm not a yellow screamer, I don't do that. And, and, but I have boundless determination and, uh, you know, and, and being fair and, and honest and respectful. The people that work with me, uh, you know, if they've been there two minutes and uh, are green, yellow, uh, whatever preferences they have, sexual orientation they have, or whatever language they speak or accent they have, I will respect them. And, and uh, that's, that's the culture of a company. Of course, of course. That's like the, a very important kind of basic foundation. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. 
Um, I wanted to touch on quickly in your book, you mentioned that you were creative and inventive. And I was like, oh, like that's, you know, you are, you know, you have to be. But what exactly do you attribute those qualities to? Of being creative? And inventive, yes. And inventive, because a lot of times having to find solutions to where it cannot be done, you know, to say, yes, it can, you know, then maybe you have to approach it differently and have a different approach to it as well. And the, uh, you know, and, and, and that helps me today because what I have today is in, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, saying, oh, look at John Brank, how successfully, that's not, I'm saying it's simply to those that also, uh, you know, have had challenges in the past mm -hmm. that, that then maybe think, well, I, I never can be anything because I didn't get my college degree or I didn't do this or that or, uh, you know, you know, like today, uh, you know, they're obviously be quite successful. We have five or six companies, employ about 400 people. But not only that, I'm an industry uh, builder. Uh, you know, I was the founding president of the BC Council Value Added Wood Processes, representing eight associations, 800 members. I'm, I'm today the Council of Forest Industry, which represents all the forest, 95% or 98% of all the forest companies in British Columbia, okay. including the biggest ones. Mm -hmm. I'm the vice chair. You know, that, how could that possibly be? Because I have no timber. And, and uh, I sometimes challenge the industry and in taking them to court where they lost. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, so, and then, uh, you know, the, we are recognized in a general sense as being one, the one most uh, uh, innovative one, both and in, in, in respected by the primary sector as well as by, uh, you know, the uh, secondary sector and by government. And the other interesting part that you will find about uh, against all odds mm -hmm. is saying that uh, you know the introduction to the book is written by the CEO of the largest forest company in the world. There you go. Can't fool. Yeah. 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 So the case and point that I'm making mm -hmm. is that uh, that you must have those elements you know that and you must believe right of and course. then uh, you know, being innovative comes that, uh, you know, that uh, doing all the paces when things get difficult. Uh, uh, I spend many nights sitting in bed uh, in a cold sweat and saying, what am I going to say to the banker in the morning? Mm -hmm. You know, or, uh, you know, how do I solve this problem or this crisis? Right. Exactly. And, the, and the more often you do that, the better you get to it, you know, so, and, and that's what I do is, uh, you know, that uh, uh, we'll find a way. Yeah, that constant evolving, you know, pivoting, right, when you have to, of course. Yeah. Another part to, from our company has always been very important for us and for me is to give back to the community. Now, when you say give back to the community, what are, what are some of the causes or the charities that you've helped along the way? Quite a few. <laughs> the one that comes to mind is the uh, animal rescue. Uh, you know, we have been part of them for um, over five years really, but it all kind of started with, uh, you know, so uh, actually it was my wife, Sharon, that uh, contacted us and said, go and look at them. Sorry, who was it, the Humane Society or? No, see, uh, we have horses and we oh, okay. love animals. And there was something that she had read uh, about uh, Prince George Animal Rescue. Uh. And uh, so, uh, and uh, Scott and myself went down there and to look at what they did, and I could not believe what I saw. 
there you had these two individuals, uh, Nicola and Grant, that had this big piece of property on, on uh, 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 just, just uh, by close to the airport. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so they had uh, llamas, they had pigs, and they had cows, all from the rescue. They must have had close to 100 animals there and they and in particular one mm -hmm. there was a horse that uh, that and, and so what happens is they they get phone calls from some people that their the animals are in in jeopardy and that people are not able to take care of them or are being ne neglected mm -hmm. they go down there pick them up so we had this one horse and the horse was full of ticks Oh. There was, you know, there must be a thousand ticks over him. Yeah. And he was skin and bones, only a short time away from, uh, you know, kind of failing yeah. altogether, you know. So, and, and they were, uh, you know, taking care of them. And then, and, and then later on, the, the, the horse came back after them taking care of him. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, so and he then they find a home for him and then he, he flourished. But more than a thousand, in the, and they called the horse Tick. <laughs> that was his name. And, the, and they did a lot more like that, you know. So, and, and so, uh, you know, on their own, they were taking care of them. They got no help from anybody, nobody, hardly. And uh, so, uh, so we said we have to do something here, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, we went down and made a commitment to them $50,000 They couldn't believe it and oh. then a truckload of lumber every year And we did that for five years and and so all the fences have changed and uh, you know, so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was uh, amazing but two individuals that have already jobs, mm -hmm. so committed, you know, so amazing. That is incredible. Good example. The other thing that we've been very in involved in is the Hospice Society, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that uh, auction off uh, an annual home. Of course, uh, yes. You know, we, uh, we are the diamond uh, sponsor. And, uh, we uh, contribute substantially to that. We, this is now the fifth year that we have done that. Oh, nice. And then the Chaco View subdivision and mm -hmm. every single one of them is more successful than the other. We have our, uh, uh, you know, not only do we contribute value, but also uh, our marketing organization with Scott McWalter is substantially involved in helping to make it successful, which we do every year over and over. And uh, so it's one and then uh, you know, the, uh, the Cancer Society, we've been extremely interested. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, bikes, bike riders of the North, or the, the Wheeling Warriors, we have been a big part of them. Amazing group of individuals. Oh, for sure. I think contributed more than a million dollars to uh, the cause of cancer, and uh, it's getting bigger every year. And then, uh, you know, many, many of the other ones. Obviously, uh, you know, the other things that we've been very involved in is uh, the college and the, uh, I was honored to help with the establishing of the trade and in, in, uh, technology center at the College of New Caledonia. Right. Another one that we are now involved in is building 
a center of excellence for the north also attached to the college oh, wow. something that kind of mirrors uh, bcit mm -hmm. you know of that magnitude because something that will be equal to uh, uh, you know the university of northern british columbia and oh wow i was one of the initial supporters of the university of british columbia so all those things and then the athlete of the month uh, we have done that for quite a number of years and uh, you know, and, and that again is something amazing too, where we've been use, helping with donating money to people that became Olympian athletes. We have uh, one of the cross uh, motor riders that is seven years old, that is of international level. Uh, you know, today we contributed $500 to an athlete, uh, I think you saw a picture of it, actually me and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, arm wrestling. <laughs> arm wrestling. But, but C is another amazing athlete that will be competing in Kamloops, I believe, on the 12th of May. Uh, you know, and, and the commitments that some of these people make are really not known in the community, but it's something that we have in, in spades and we try to find them and kind of then showcase them to the community but that works so hard and uh, you know and then show to again the young people and others that not so young uh, that mm -hmm. uh, saying that it, that in the lady uh, uh, you know the uh, she is uh, extremely committed at 40 and uh, you know has been training for years and years the amount of effort that goes into it is just amazing of course and uh, so th those kind of things that we do as uh, you know being part of this community and i believe that part is very important perfect that is so that's very beautiful yeah that's awesome now um i wanted you touched on this a little earlier uh, mentioning standing up to the forestry industry something that you did alone actually in and we'll talk about it in the next chapter but i am looking forward very much forward to chatting with you about that because it was it was quite the intense chapter to read john yeah 